really do. You're a 21-year-old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast. Uh, my name is Sean Walcheff from Cali Comfort, and I am here with my man, Derek Marceau. Hello, hello. How are you doing today, Derek? Doing good as always, man. It's a pleasure to be here again, and exciting to be back at 8911. It's our third one here. Third one here. We're waiting for you to get, get that, that podcast studio back up. Back the butcher, up and running. Butcher Shop Podcast Studio needs to get back up and running. It will next week. But then you're going to have a kid, and then... I will have a child, and I don't know if I'm going to be bringing sleeping the, at I'm all. not going to be podcasting with the child. No, I don't no. think you will be. I don't think Rosie would uh, appreciate that. No. Uh, I think it's yeah. frowned upon, but you can try. I could try. I, I won't try. How many days are you going to take off? Off? Yeah. What are you talking about? Exactly. Well, I don't know what that means. I was at one day in the hospital. One day in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I was back at work. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How did your wife let you do that? Frowned upon. Frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> to say the it, least it, it was frowned upon i doubled it for my second child oh you went two days two days Ooh. Yeah. two days and you didn't take any phone calls for the for the shop oh not at all yeah not, my phone was uh, off and no we actually were doing construction so i had to come back we're putting all the new coolers for Dalton. are you always in construction always yeah we're always doing something yeah that's true that's yeah. true that's Can't how grow. that's how you improve yeah so we have uh an amazing opportunity today to interview a whale. It is a white whale. We are whale. just these little fish. And because of barbecue, we are so lucky to have met this all-star. This gentleman has runs the Delmar Thoroughbred Club. The Delmar. The Delmar. The sexiest place on earth in the summer. Uh, for those that don't know, Craig Dato executive vice president and chief marketing officer for the Delmar Thoroughbred Club is so kind to come out to East County and uh, find your way to hang out with a couple of pieces of shit. Well, I heard there was a free lunch in it at Cali. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's you always know. something free. Craig's, Craig knows about the tri-tip, so. Can I say something first? I'm very intimidating by the open, intimidated by the opening of the show. Oh, come on, Craig. Yeah, you're, you're, te- uh, you're telling me no, no one's talked to you like that in the no, turf no club? Ever, you've never got a voicemail like that? You haven't gotten, gotten something like Remind that? Remind me not to cross Sean. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't yes. want to get that call. Yeah, no. Well, I, I, you know what? In business, you find out. I found out when I was young, and I continue to find out to this day, that you got to find people that you trust, and you got to find people that are accountable. And those things come not through words, but through actions. Um, I think, I guess maybe you can give a little background of how you and I met and how we even got you to hear our friend, Ari, Ari Siegel, Ari Siegel, if you've had him on the show yet, but Ari Ari was running the goals when the goals, uh, came back to San Diego and, uh, he and I are buds and you do a lot of work, uh, at the sports arena. So you got to know Ari well, you got to know Ari and, uh, Ernie Hahn, Hahn, good friend. And Ari said, you know, Craig, you need to meet Sean. So he got us together, and right away I, I saw, liked what I saw. I had lunch here at Cali Comfort, which is always amazing. And I said, all right, got to do some stuff together. 
what do you think about a barbecue festival? Yeah. And uh, your eyes lit up and said, yeah, I think I can pull that off. You brought in Derek. You Game in, on. Game on. You're talk, in, now you're talking my language. Yeah. You brought in Gene. Yep. I mean, uh, your contacts with the barbecue world are unbelievable. So well, now. they're all because of Gene. We, uh, we, I'm, I'm a San Diego kid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in barbecue if it wasn't for Gene Goykachea. That's for sure. I mean, sports entertainment was my drive to opening up a restaurant, and that's you know the things that I love to do and getting involved in different aspects of sports entertainment. And you know what? That's kind of what how you got involved with the Del Mar. Tell us how did uh, how did you become the Craig Dato that runs? <laughs> I mean, if you see Craig, what what happens when we go up to the track? Celebrity, like on on opening day when Craig's on. I mean, you're, you're talking about Bruno Mars. You're like. Craig, Craig, Craig. Yeah, I mean, it's selfie, sounds, Craig, over here. No, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive. The difference is they don't admire me; they just want <laughs> oh, something from on, me. Come on, this humble man. No, yeah, no, no. You'd be surprised how my phone no, no, stops no. ringing after opening day. <laughs> Kaplan, Kaplan, Scott Kaplan will call it like it is. He'll 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 say what, how it really goes down up at the track. It's but. very lonely for me in February. Nobody nobody <laughs> knows me. Well, um, either way, we we do have some amazing news for San Diego. I mean, it's not news because we know what's going down, but tell us more about the Breeders' Cup. So the Breeders' Cup um, started in the 1980s, and it is the, I call it the Olympics of horse racing in that it's not one race like the Kentucky Derby. It's 13 championship races, 13 world wow. championships. And when I say world, I really mean it. They get horses from 13 different countries to come over. So you got the champion from France, England, Ireland, Dubai, what have you, coming to race against the champions from florida kentucky illinois california what have you so it's a lot of horses that would otherwise never race each other in every category of race that's why there's 13 races you've got short races long races grass races dirt races boy races girl races two-year-old races whatever it is so 13 world championships we've never had at del mar before for the simple reason that our turf course was too narrow the uh, breeders cup mandates that 14 horses need to be able to run in each race and our turf course could only handle 10 it was too too narrow. So we spent three three years ago we spent five million dollars and widened it, which made us eligible. So we went and made our pitch to the Breeders' Cup and sure enough we got it. So it's gonna be this fall, November third and fourth, and uh, I can tell you right now from ticket sales, over seventy percent of the people who are coming are from outside Southern California. This is a truly it's international incredible. event. Yeah, so it's gonna be a we think a hundred million dollar economic impact for for San Diego County. Um it's going to be amazing, and we're going to over have 100 million. over a hundred well, million. And what better place, right? Yeah, I mean, it's come. The, Del Mar sells itself. It's, yeah. It is the sexiest place on earth. But what you've been able to do with branding and bringing—that's huge. Racing, you can see the difference. It growing up in San Diego. I mean, we I, we lived it. I mean, we lived it, and we watched the transformation of the track. I went growing up with my uh, grandpa and my my cousin, and you know, my cousin does handicapping now. But who's it's, that? Oh, Kevin McFarland. Oh yeah. yeah. I, been, I heard he's a big, big dog. And he he is. He is. He just won the Kentucky Derby Classic. and uh, I heard there's a great video out. There is one there of is. him celebrating with his friends. and But, yeah, just go, you know, we grew up there. But just I can see in the time Craig's come how much it's progressed. You know, and you're trying to get out there more and, and, and do things. And you have to try to be relative to the groups you want to come in and, and, I mean, try to, and speak to them and have them, you know, become vested in what you're doing. Isn't that, and, isn't that what happens in business? I mean, for us, just business in general, for us coming to spring Valley, we had to do something that was different in spring Valley to get even to the point where we would be talking to someone like Craig. So 
what Craig has done. I mean, you you got in the you got to the track in 2000? 2001. 2001. And what was your position when you were in there? I started I was vice president of marketing. Vice president of marketing. And uh, Joe Harper, who's the president of my boss, he gave me all the rope I wanted. And I went to him and I said, "Look, Del Mar is a wonderful track it always will be, but if you really want to grow it, we got to rebrand it. We got to change it. We got to be more than just horses running in circles. We need to be cool, we need to be sexy. We need to attract a younger demographic. We need to attract more women." And he said, "Have at it." So, you know, our concert series is our food events like your barbecue event, um, reggae festival, all kinds of different things. We're getting a younger, hipper, more mainstream audience to the track for events other than horse racing, and then we're exposing them to horse racing, hoping they'll become lifelong fans. So There's that, a lot of beautiful hats. Beautiful hats. Too. Well, is that what it is, the hats? The hats. It's, it's not who's wearing the hats. Right. It's no, I gotta look the for the hats. hats. Yeah, I mean, we are blessed. We're in San Diego, <laughs> you know, we, we're literally right on the beach. We have a short meet in the summer, right in the middle of the summer, in this outgoing community of San Diego, where let's face it, people look good in this community. Absolutely. And they spend a lot of money to look good. Absolutely. And they want to get out and show it off. So we decided to, to play the sex card, so to speak. Right. And uh, it's been it's been great to watch the growth at the racetrack. And now, you know, we often joke on opening day, do we even need to bother running races? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There, there's probably, there's a lot of people don't even know the ho- there were horses that right, were racing. Right, right. So, well, but you've created an experience. You know, for a, like sports, a for a sports venue to, I mean, you you have to find ways to drive people to a facility, and you have a beautiful facility. But what's going to bring somebody in, right? Absolutely right. So again, you know, our, our core business is horse racing. We know that, but you don't see horses in our advertising. Correct. It's all about beautiful women and the scene and C and B scene and people watching and and cool. Well, it's a cool place to go. Have a Del Margarita. Go see a concert. Come to the races. So. It's, uh, it's wonderful, but I tell you what, getting the Breeders' Cup for the first time is really the, the feather in our cap that we've been waiting for. And, and how long has this been been planned out? Through About three years. Yeah. At least three years, and right? Then, yeah, right when we got the tur- new turf course put in that was wide enough, then we went to work on trying to, to um, lure the Breeders' Cup to San Diego. So now that they're coming, the goal is to get them back again. Yes. So that week is going to be really important that we not only make plenty of money for the Breeders' Cup, which we will do because we're already basically sold out. They're going to make a ton of money. The second part is do we give them a good experience? And come on, with the hotels and the restaurants and the weather and the beach and everything we have to offer, I think they're going to be blown away. So now for the Breeders' Cup, is that it's a separate entity, right, than Del Mar Thoroughbred Club? So they actually come in kind of like MLB All-Star Game. They come in and they run their crew with your – Padres assistance, kind of the same deal. Exactly the same deal. Now the difference is that the the head of the Breeders' Cup used to be the head of Del Mar, a guy named Craig Frable. So he knows us at Del Mar very well, and he's he's letting us play a major role in it. He has a great staff. That's great, great people to work with. But we're very very involved. Where sure. where's the Breeders' Cup been the last few years? Last year it was at Santa Anita, okay. up in L.A. The year before that it was in Keeneland in Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. So right there, compare Del Mar to those two cities. That's Arcadia, what I was getting at. It's, Arcadia, it's, California, and Lexington, Kentucky. You had a lot of uh, when they were in Lexington. They did a wonderful job, by the way. It was mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing Breeders' Cup. But you had a lot of really, really rich people staying in Comfort Inns. Yes. You think of the think of the hotels we have here. Sure, sure. The Bears, the Grand, the Logitory Pines. It goes and on and on. And they just keep pop, on. popping up too. Some Absolutely. Of, some beautiful Rancho Valencia. I mean, all all of them. Rancho, I'm sure, will be sold out right by the track. So yeah, we we think that people are going to be blown away. It's just kind of my job not to screw it up. There you go. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a big job, though. It's definitely a big job. So what else? What else is happening around the Breeders' Cup? Because 
what sports entertainment has done um, across multiple sports is they've gone into not just one event where they make it, you know, I mean, just the NBA awards the other night, you know, they've made it something so that fans can participate, media can participate, players, their family can participate. And there's festivities, there's music, there's concerts around um, the event itself. So we put something together called the Breeders' Cup Festival. It's going to start the Saturday before Breeders' Cup, and it's going to kick off with a 5K run on the beach. Nice. That we're doing it in conjunction with Jake's there in Del Mar. Have they yeah. ever done a 5K on, on the beach? They've done it for many years, but oh, really? now it's no longer going to be the Jake's 5K. It's going to be the Breeders' Cup Rad. Jake's 5K. Nice. So, um, Jake's, Jake's just went through a renovation, right? A few years ago? A few years ago, yeah. yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. So we're doing a run. We're doing a golf tournament, Torrey Pines, another golf tournament, Rancho Santa Fe Country Club. We're doing music events at the Belly Up all week. We've got a Taste of San Diego event there uh, in Del Mar. We've got about 23 events in total. We, even have, a, we even have a poker tournament at Ocean's nice. Eleven. Well, golf and poker, you're, you're yeah, I mean, right? speaking my language. There you go. I mean, the bottom line is when people come in from all over the world, A, we want them to come in early. It's kind of, sure. Don't come in Thursday for a Friday, Saturday event at the track. Come in Monday. We got plenty of things for you to do. No, absolutely. And then once they get here, we just want to show them a great time. So when they leave on Sunday, they look at each other and say, "Wow, why don't they have that Breeders' Cup there every year?" So talk about the celebrity status, all the ambassadors that are really out. I mean, it's something really cool that you guys do already. Um, you know, the the star power that you've been able to bring to the track. I mean, it's pretty much a who's who of who's in Hollywood or who's, you know, in the NFL, they're all coming out to the track. Everyone comes out, especially for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. So the Breeders' Cup team puts a lot of emphasis, in cele- emphasis into celebrities. Um, Kate Upton is a regular, um, Elizabeth Banks, Pierce Brosnan, of course, Jim Rome, who's won two Breeders' Cup races. I mean, the list is very long of the celebrities they're going to be bringing out. And, uh, but I want to I want to add a bunch of San Diego celebrities. I want Bill Walton to be around. Yes. I want Trevor Hoffman to nice. be around. I want Steve Fisher and Marshall Falk and and Tony Hawk and you name nice. it. So we've been we've been doing what we can to talk to those guys to get them to come out. They've all been very receptive, and it, we need to have a, a San Diego flair to this. I I agree completely, and I'm happy that you're doing that because San Diego. I mean, we just talked you know yesterday with Shane Walton, um, who was a walk on to Notre Dame. He went there on a soccer scholarship and ended up being one of the best defensive backs, defensive players in all of uh, college football in 2002 on Notre Dame's run. But there, I mean, there's so many athletes in San Diego that, you know, now losing the hall of champions were, you know, kind of, we need to find a way to celebrate San Diego. And uh, I think you guys actually are going to be doing something pretty cool. We really are. We're really excited about it. And, and um, the mayor's behind it. Um, the uh, tourism authority has been behind it. The, the city of Del Mar has been great. So it, it's been a wonderful event to have everybody come together. And again, I hope we can just get in the short list, get in the rotation. Let's get it every two, three years. Nice. So there isn't, there isn't a set. There's, there's a board of directors that they make these decisions every year on venue. Absolutely right. Sometimes they'll commit two, three years out. Um, for instance, next year, they already know that it's going to Churchill Downs in, in Louisville. Um, but 19, they haven't announced yet. Are there any other tracks? Can you do them consecutive years? You could. Um, I I don't think they'd give it to us consecutively until we did it once. Sure. So this is a big test, right? Um, other tracks where they've held it include Lone Star Park in Texas. They've actually even done it in Canada at Woodbine. They've done it at the Belmont in New York. They've done it at Gulfstream Park in Florida. So they've been to many, many tracks, but let's be honest. 
first week of November, they're scared to death of the weather in the Northeast. No, absolutely. November in San Diego is it's pretty beautiful. nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, about <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's about as fantastic. nice as you can get. Yeah, they they can't have major rain or or you know, it could snow in Kentucky sure. in November, right? Yeah. So they need to have it in Kentucky every few years for political reasons. That's mm-hmm. where they're based. That's where most of the breeders are. Yeah. But I think they're scared to death every year they do it. Yeah. Are there other tracks worldwide that have that have hosted the Breeders' Cup? They, they, they've yet. gone to Canada, but they haven't gone uh, overseas. I, I know they talk about it because there's so much participation from over there, but they, they haven't gone there yet. But there's owner horse owners all over the world. All over the world. Yeah, and Absolutely they'll be coming right. out I, to Del Mar. I would say that Palomar Airport will have more jets there in the, in the history of that airport. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. We're, That's really we're excited exciting. And, well, we're excited just to be in Del Mar again ourselves this year at uh, oh, yeah. August 20th for our KCBS event. I mean, KCBS event. We already have 42 teams uh, signed up, which is almost, we had 50, 51 last year. So we're already at 42 and we're, you know, 50 days away from, from that date, August 20th. And that, that's going to be following up August 19th, which is the Pacific Classic, yes, hopefully featuring featuring Arrogate, the top horse in the world, has said that he's pointing to oh, run really? that race. Well, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he's going to run on July twenty second on opening Saturday as well as a prep for the Pacific Classic. So how how do horses are they? How how does that process work? The trainer generally decides. Oftentimes, the owner can get involved, but in this case, the trainer is Bob Baffert, and he's calling the shots. Okay. And the ultimate goal is the Breeders' Cup, uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic for him, which will be on the fourth of November. So. Why ship around the country for your prep races when when the big race is here at Del Mar? So if you think about it, if he's going to run July 22nd as a prep for the Pacific Classic, and then on August 19th in the Pacific Classic, and then on to the Breeder on to the Breeders Cup, his next three races are going to be at Del Mar, which is amazing. I mean, he is head and shoulders the best horse in the world. Right. Nobody would argue that. Um, so we're really excited to have him. Our biggest fear, to be honest with you, is how many horses will enter to run against him. Right. Because he's pretty, yeah, that's he's true. pretty intimidating. But what about, about when American Pharaoh ran? American Pharaoh never ran at Del Mar. He ran but, there early in his career, but once but he was a champion. for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, the Breeders' Cup's always going to get a full field because mm-hmm. the purse money's so high. It's a $6 million race. So second place okay. pays a heck of a lot of money, so yeah. it's a million two to second. But for our race on July 22nd is the San Diego Handicap, which is $300,000. We're hoping that five or six others dare to take him on, but you never know. He's he's intimidating. Sure. So how about what happens kind of one of the things that we like to focus on for entrepreneurs, people that are in business, are the, the things that go wrong, <laughs> I guess. You know, it's always easy to see this sexy photo of the Del hats. Mar, the hats. The hats. <laughs> and, oh, you had, you know, 45,000 people on opening day. You're crushing it. You guys are... You know, leading the industry and you know the revival of horse racing. But what what about? Let us know something. I can't you know. imagine it was easy to get from the the demographic of like, I mean, like my grandpa and everyone going to to the young. Well, to have somebody like Joe Harper that would you know give you the rope that he gave you to build what you guys have built. I mean that that says a lot of trust in him in your performance. But also, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of old old ways of thinking that you had to go up against first of all joe harper comes from a hollywood family Uh, his grandfather was cecil b demille okay so joe is all about entertainment and putting on a show so it took almost no time to convince joe he was in however to your point the old school the older males who you know have been the stereotypical fan of horse racing over the years when we first rolled out this new brand there were some detractors some people who weren't into it and uh 
I remember I got a, uh, a suggestion box card <laughs> that I have framed in my office. Nice. That said, you know, so the first commercial we made when we changed it was models on a runway, all wearing our blue and gold uh, diamonds. And it was kind of through the air. What, what year was this? This was in 2002, I guess. Okay. Right when I had arrived. And it was, it was beautiful women, supposed to be kind of in the turf club, but kind of on a runway model, kind of imaginary. But starting in the 40s black and white going to like the disco 70s into modern day and it would basically said styles change but you know delmar's cool as ever and it was it wasn't meant for the old school horse racing guys those guys are coming anyway and frankly i can communicate to them via database marketing tactics because i know their their email addresses and their and their physical addresses so this ad ran and a lot of people loved it but i got this suggestion sure card <laughs> from this old guy and he said something like What's up with those elitist fashion show commercials? Did your PR what what the heck does that have to do with promoting horse racing? Did your PR people die? Wow! Oh wow! And to me, that was a great compliment. Cause, Absolutely. Because yeah, we're shaking it up. So I, it's it's in a frame on my uh, on my that's wall. That's fantastic. Office. Well, yeah. you're never going to make everybody happy. No, and that's I mean, in every business, you have to you know you have to find your demographic and know who's going to come and support you and really speak to that demographic. So you can't. Well, it's not only that; it's opening up to a new demographic. I mean, you have to. I mean, industries well, have just, to be just the demographic that change. you want. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, you went to go focus on you know the millennial, you know, eighteen to what, thirty five, forty five. God, I'm no longer in the demo. That's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were just talking about all the all the players that Shane and, and Derek they all played with. They're all retired except for like two. Yeah, there's like very there's very like two, few. We had two like guys. Terrence so Newman, who's like ninety. He's, like play. he's, he's the old. oldest corner in, in football right now. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think he's 40. His longevity is unbelievable. I think he's 40. Darren Sproles, he's uh, got his last season. I talked to him not too long ago, and he, he was – shit, I, I don't know if I should – I don't know if it's come out yet, but this is going to be his last last season. Um, and I think Shane – or Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson Palmer. I played against Palmer. him That's at right. USC. Um, there's just not very many anymore. It's like you just think you're that – person and it's like you're not anymore you know you're yeah but then you become craig <laughs> craig craig waiting craig is craig yeah you know no, it's uh it's, it's funny to look back we had a letter that came in the mail a few years ago and it was inviting me back to my my alma mater at kansas state and saying we want you to you and your wife to come out and fly out here i'm like oh that's awesome maybe they want to just you know take care of us and fly us out there i haven't been one of my best friends passed away and that's the only time i've been back and um She's like, well, you know what that is, right? And I'm like, well, no. She's like, well, it was, this was in 2013. She's like, that's a 10 year reunion for your, when you guys won the Big 12 championship. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, there's oh. no way that was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was it's like that. It was, it was 10 years ago. I thought they were just trying to be nice to me. Invite me back now. They invited so, the whole team back. So what's the, what's the push now? I mean, you know, you guys are successful and you still face challenges, you know, just like every industry. I mean, we talk about, for restaurants, you know, the minimum wage is, impacts us significantly because of no tip credit. But, you know, horse racing, you guys have big things that you have to deal with. Um, you know, wh where's your focus at? Outside of, you know, Breeders' Cup and opening day. And <laughs> right. uh, the industry as a whole is very much challenged. Once upon a time, if you wanted to make a legal bet in California, the only way you could do it was at the racetrack. Now between the lottery and online poker and Vegas right over the border and, and fancy football and everything yeah. else, we're one of many ways people can get action. 
Yes. So it's a challenge. So we do everything we can, as I ex- explained earlier, to, to broaden the entertainment offering. Um, and we have a new idea. I want to segue to your football talk here a little bit that we're doing this year around the Chargers. Great. And we realize this is somewhat controversial, but we thought it needed to be done. So we're, we're very controversial with the Chargers. Yeah, it's it's totally cool. <laughs> I realize that. We, we have people that are boycotting Spring Valley because we're sellouts. So. Yeah. so I felt like the Chargers left. We're all very upset. They're gone. But did anybody really sit? Was there ever a goodbye? Was there ever like a, a celebration of the? Oh, we got a fucking letter. Yeah. Yeah. Was there? Was it fifty-six years or something? I mean, this just can't just go. So I went to 1090 Radio, Scott Kaplan Station, the Mighty 1090. I went to the, the boss there, Mike Lickenhouse. Oh, I thought you said Scott was the boss. Well, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what do you, come on, let's do something. We'll do something at Del Mar. You'll help promote it. What do, you, what do you think? And he said, let's talk to Hank Bauer. Hank Bauer was a player. He was a coach. He was a broadcaster. He's got his finger on the pulse of Chargers and Charger fans probably as well as anybody. Mentioned it to Hank. Didn't even finish the first sentence, and he was like, I love it. I'm in. And, and basically the way he said it, he said, we're just going to have a party for the players. We're going to invite anybody who ever played for the Chargers, Derek Marzo included. Yep. Anybody who's in the front office, anybody, any trainer, anybody, they're all come. Let's have a celebration party. This isn't about politics. This isn't about whether or not you like Dean Spanos. This isn't about L.A. This is about the players. And I said, all right, I like it. Talked to Vince e. Glenn as well. Nice. He said, I love it. And I said, so – Let's do this. It's the, the the fans thanking the players for 56 years. And Hank and Vincey turned it around on me. They said, no, this is the players thanking the fans. Nice. That's awesome. So nice. if you're angry about Chargers, and I don't blame you if you are, are you really going to be mad about Charlie Joyner and Kasem Osgood saying thank you to the fans? No. What's there to be angry be. about? Well, people are going to be – people are pissed off all the time no matter <laughs> right? what. Yeah, they're going to find a we reason to control, control how people think. But I think there's such a strong – base of people that you know had amazing memories whether they were winning or losing whatever happened what i mean I, we talk about when we're tailgating you know my wife and i we we watch children grow up in the parking lot you know we were looking forward to having our son tailgate you know at the queue not at the queue but maybe a sexier stadium like downtown <laughs> which is what we were pushing for but you know there are people here in san diego that will be very excited about this event i know? think the way he just presented it though you're going to get way more people that want to turn out to that because it's, it's not just about, you know, it's about giving back the, the players wanting to say thank you to the, the fans and you can find a common ground. Okay. Put it aside that they went, they went to LA, but everyone can kind of come together for this one event and say, you know, Hey, it was, it was a good run. We, it was we, a good run. We, we enjoyed it. And um, that, that's actually pretty cool. So the way it's going to go down is we're, we're going to organize the players by decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way through, the teens, the 2000 teens. We're gonna, so there's six different decades. So we're going to name a race after every decade. So the first race, we'll have the Chargers from the 60s down there. Lance Allworth, Speedy Duncan, nice. all those guys. And to be honest with you, the response is highest from the Chargers of the 60s. Oh, yeah. really? These guys are That's into great. it. Don, was Donnie Masick in Russ Washington in the 60s? I got to call They're that. both on the list. I don't know if they're 70s or 60s. And, and for guys that go... Dennis McKnight, I think, was the 70s. For guys that are in multiple decades, I'll let them pick what decade they think sure. they belong in. Right. Of course. So we're going to take them down to the winner's circle. Um, right after the race, uh, well, before the race, we will uh, introduce them all, let them have a wave. And then maybe there'll be one spokesperson for each decade who can say a few words to, really cool. to the crowd. Um, and then we run the race. They uh, present the trophy. 
and then they will go to the Plaza de Mexico where the big fountain is near the entrance Will for half where for half an hour they will sign autographs and take pictures. That's very cool. Then the next decade will replace them. That's and we'll really do cool. six decades in a row. And you know, we don't have any announcements yet, but we're working hard to try to get Dan Fouts. We're working hard to try. We got Lance. He's the original yeah. charger. Trying to get LT. I mean, we're and, and the response has been wonderful. I was gonna say I don't think you're gonna have a huge problem. I hope not. I mean, tell ourselves, tell ourselves itself. <laughs> it does, it <laughs> right. does. And then you make it sexy as that, ever. and you're not making it weird. No, like, it's like not. don't make like I, I think that's just genius. Don't make it weird for anybody. Yeah, like, like like you said, put everything aside. Well, it's one of the things. Let's just come together, hang and, out. You know, we had we had a good run and, and go from there. I mean, in, in business, we at the restaurant, we always stay away from religion and politics because it's just positions that you're just not going to win on. It doesn't matter what position you take. You're not going to win on, you know, the positions we do take are on sports. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you're a Raiders fan or a Broncos fan or a Chargers fan. I mean, at the end of the day, we love football and we love the experience and we love events like this um, where you're going to Del Mar where there's horse betting and you can go and experience and be with chargers that you grew up watching, you know, with your family. It's awesome. And as a bonus, going back to what we talked about earlier, charger day, the 22nd is the day that arrogate will be running as well. Oh yeah. Oh wow. So how cool is that? Oh, really cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the, one of the coolest things about Del Mar you've given KCBS the opportunity to have, barbecue teams that win the grand championship come into that winner circle and take photos Dude, how cool is that <laughs> so cool i mean people were just in awe last year about you know being able to do that where else can you do that you can't do that anywhere else no. you, you win a, a championship at a barbecue and you know they take a picture of you and they're like all right see you later and like you actually get to go into the winner circle well i mean part of the part of the reason which is when craig and i when we first met part of the reason is the challenges that you face just to put on the races, forget about putting on a concert, forget about putting on opening day. Like you're, you're at, at your venue, you have so many different entities and so many different things going on. Correct. Starts to with, protect, starts to protect with, the horses. A lot of people don't really have 2000 horses there. Yes. Right. I mean, that's a quite an ordeal to take care of right yes. away. And they all get on the track in the morning. Yes. I mean, it's, uh, what time are they on the track? They start as soon as you, as soon as the sun comes up until about nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and every, every morning is an ordeal. Every morning is an ordeal yeah. just to get those those horses yeah. out there. Yeah. How many staff are out there? On big days, we we have as many as over three thousand staff. <laughs> three thousand. Yeah. yeah. That's that's not thoroughbred. That's Del Mar Fairgrounds or that's uh, thoroughbred. Well, they're clubs. all different. We got three different, three or four different unions. You know, we've got ticket takers, bet takers, parking people. Yeah. Wow. People yeah. take care of the horses. I mean, it's it's a it's a little community. Yeah. So I mean. Part of the when you and I we first met and we talked about putting on a Kansas City Barbecue Society event, you know, we were talking about doing it in 2015, and I was like, we can't do it. We just can't. Like, I would love to do it. You know, it's we an amazing opportunity, forward, but though. we can't promise you that we're going to do what we're going to say we're going to do if we don't have the time to do that and to do a KCBS event. I mean, we were having the teams load in a day before the event, which is one of the reasons why for spring valley it's an amateur event you know because we can only shut down the street for 12 hours yeah we can't do it two days yeah old troy street needs to be run needs old to be troy going street, absolutely can't can't lock that troy street down for two days so tell us uh why why horse racing how i mean how did you even get involved like how take us back to to craig back back back, back way back way back 
Uh, when I was in college, uh, up in the Where'd Bay, you grow, where'd you, where were you born? I was born up in uh, Sonoma County, a okay. city called Petaluma, up in the wine country. Sure. Um, went to college in Berkeley, and didn't know what the heck to major in, so I majored in business with an emphasis in accounting. My dad was a CPA, so all right. He said, "Look, no matter what you do in life, that'll be a good base." Fair enough. So what what job do I get out of college? Well, I'm only hired to go work for an accounting firm. So I go work for uh, Ernst & Young, one of the big firms in San Francisco. Sure. had a great time for three years there knowing that wasn't what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I had a lot of fun in San Francisco. <laughs> Realized if I really wanted to change directions, I'd have to go back and get my MBA. So after three years in San Francisco, I went to uh, UCLA to get my MBA. And when I got down there, I saw a speaker one day. He was the pre- president of the Angels at the time, Mr. Brown. And he basically said, the key to a happy life is when you can marry your hobby with your job. Instead of having a desk job for IBM and you know looking at the clock all day, if you can love your job because it's your hobby, not only will you be better at it because you're into it, but you'll just be a lot happier. So the light bulb went off, and I, and I was always a huge sports fan and played sports all my life. So I was like, all right, I got to get into sports marketing. Well, I came to find that getting a job with the Giants or the Dodgers or the <laughs> Lakers or the Warriors are downright impossible. You got to know somebody. However, I was a horse racing fan from way back. My grandfather taught me how to read a racing form when I was about 12, so I knew the game. And I met somebody who knew somebody who was basically my job now at Santa Anita back then. This was in the early 90s. So I got an internship at Santa Anita. Loved it because... Was uh, that a paid internship? It was. And wow, even back then? Yeah. And uh, what, what really worked for me was, okay, I want to get into sports marketing, but... With all the betting and all the numbers, it fed my accounting side of my brain sure. too. So I just loved it. It was fascinating. But you were, I mean, because you were so successful, that internship, it certainly wasn't paying you what you had been getting. Oh, God, no. It was exactly. just to cover costs. But, I was, I was a you, student. Yeah. you made that conscious decision, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you wanted to do something that you loved. Right. Well, you, it, it was an internship between my first and second year at UCLA. Okay. It's a two-year program. Okay. So, um, and as is the case, oftentimes that internship is where you end up working full-time. And yeah. uh, so I got a job offer from them right out of right out of uh, UCLA, fell in love with it, was at Santa Anita for 10 years, absolutely loved it. But the whole time I was there, I had my eye on Del Mar saying, my God, if Del Mar could be amazing, if you just did this, this, and the other thing, Del Mar could be a monster. So sure enough, after 10 years, um, the head of marketing at Del Mar, this is in 2001, retired. Great guy, Dan Smith. He still works for us in the uh, press box. So um, Joe Harper and Craig Fable came and asked me if I wanted to move down to Del Mar. And I guess it's not really a great negotiating tactic when you jump <laughs> over the table and hug them, <laughs> right, when they mention it. But that's what happened. I like it, man. And uh, so awesome. I've been here for 16 years now, and uh, I can't imagine working anywhere else at this point. I mean, it just wouldn't be the same. So I'm uh, just loving every day. That's awesome. So, for people that want to get into sports entertainment, you know, what what advice would you have the you know that somebody's that's studying and they decide? I mean, I I get to do what I love to do, and we've blended barbecue with sports entertainment, and it's given us opportunities to cater for the San Diego Chargers, to cater for the Los Angeles Chargers, to cater for the, the San goals, Diego Gulls. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've just had incredible opportunities to put on a professional barbecue contest at the, Amateur at, barbecue contest. At the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club. Yeah, I mean, huge. you know, if you had told me that back in 2008 that the we'd be doing stuff like this, I, I would have told you you're fucking nuts. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But, you know, here we are. And, you know, what advice do you think you would tell students? I would say chase your passion. Don't chase, don't chase your wallet. 
Don't yeah. settle for the big money job because life's too short. You got to be happy. You got to be passionate about your job. Like I can tell you are obviously, and Derek, you with your with your market too. You guys, that's it's not your job. It's your life. And in the same way for me at Del Mar, I mean, I'm never not working. Yeah, the people I socialize with <laughs> are guys like you I know from work. Yeah, you know? Right. I mean, so don't end up with a desk job being a lawyer that you i mean if you want to be a lawyer and that's your passion great but don't do it just because you think it's going to pay well yeah but you got to love it you gotta i mean you got to and you got to love all the shitty parts about it too because so you, there's i mean like we talk about all the time you know as a restaurant owner the restaurant's full everyone's like oh you know oh sean it looks looks great you know i see you on instagram and it looks like you and your wife are having a fucking blast i'm like yeah that's what we put on instagram but you know at the end of the day there's those sleepless nights and there's things that you have to deal with to run your job and to be effective if you weren't effective you wouldn't be in your position oh believe me i'm there when the elevator breaks on opening day and when the fire <laughs> alarm goes off and when your number one better gets in a fist fight with your number two better and they both get kicked out of the track i've, I've experienced it all um yeah not every day is a is a wonderful day but you keep smiling and you push forward so a lot of the things we like to talk about too is the unsung heroes that I mean you're always the one that's going to go on TV and talk about the track and tell everybody how sexy it is but I know we know from experience the people that work behind the scenes to do what they do and the hours that they put in because they love what they do but you know the show just doesn't happen so to tell us a little bit about the team you got uh, well, I would take it away from my team and say, yeah, the trainers, uh, Doug O'Neill's and the and the Bob Baffers and such get in the limelight. To me, it's the grooms, the guys that mm -hmm. are there taking care of the animals and, and living with the animals. Those grooms, they live on the backside. Yep. We have dorms back there, wow. and they are 24-7 wow. with these horses. These horses are treated like absolute kings and queens. They get fed the best food. They get bathed every day, sometimes twice a day. They get acupuncture. They get... How much is rent there? I think I need to go. Uh, <laughs> a little spa? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've it's Del Mar prices. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've often said, if I'm going to come back as an animal, I want to be a racehorse. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have such a great life. And then if you're good at it, you get to go be a stud for the rest of your life, right? Dude. That's not a, bad way, to, not a bad way to go. Perfect. So I think the unsung heroes are the guys on the backside who care and love these horses as much as they do for, yeah. our, for our entertainment. And what about on the admin side? I've got a great, I've got a great crew. Guys like Chris Barr and Walker McBride and Claire Crawford. Um, I could go on autopilot if I wanted to. They, they, they'd have my back. Right. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that I admire from watching you work is the amount of responsibility you let your team have. You're so involved in everything in the beginning, but then you pull away and you let them do their job. That's fucking hard. It's, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I struggle with it every single day. Like, I just feel like I can just do, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll grab it. But to be able to say, here, delegate. And then, you know, it, it's been, been a struggle for me. I'm getting a lot better at it now. How, how did you learn? I, I feel like if I get too bogged down in the details, I can't think big picture. Yeah. I can't come up with that next big idea. That makes um, sense. So, yeah, I'm involved, but you're Has right. Has it I always got, been like that? I tried to, yeah. I mean, I was probably more involved with every little thing earlier on just because, that's how it had always been. But I've, I've realized I need to step away and look at big picture and think of the, what's the next big thing we need to do. I need to step back and look at research, do research, think. Don't just do. I need time to think. And that's sure. another piece of advice is if you're, if you're implementing tactically all day long, you don't have time to think. True. So you need to have a great staff to get it done so you can step back and really analyze, all right, what's going on here? What can we do better? And what kind of other stuff that do you do in San Diego that – 
is you know sports entertainment related but not necessarily for horse racing i'm on a number of different boards i'm on the uh, board of the rancho santa fe foundation which is a uh, charitable foundation uh, raising raising money through philanthropy to give to needy causes um, i'm on the board of the san diego sports alliance which used to be the sports commission in san diego they changed their name uh, they used to be tied into the hall of champions actually and their charter is to bring sporting events to San Diego, um, things like NCAA tournaments and softball championships and Breeders surfing Cups. events, Breeders' Cups. These guys were instrumental. Because I'm on their board, I was able to reach out to them and say, help me. Sure. And they were able to bring the mayor on. They were able to help us with presentations. They've done a great job. So some so, of those things that you've done have put yourself relationships. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've never um, taken advantage of, of relationships outside of Del Mar more so than with the Breeders' Cup. You know, working with the mayor. Why would I ever need to talk to the mayor? Sure. But with the Breeders' Cup, that was a part of it. The Tourism Authority downtown, uh, the City Council at Del Mar, I'm, I'm, I'm being exposed to and working with a much, much broader uh, network of people because of the Breeders' Cup, and I absolutely love it. It's been well, great. that's only going to help you in the long run, right? Not I would think, the, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, talk about that process and how what what you found is good ways to help facilitate things getting done. Because having an idea and executing it and actually getting approval from all the entities that need to approve it are two different things. Yeah, it was difficult because most of them had heard of the Breeders' Cup but didn't really know what it is. I think most people are like that. Is it is it a race? No, it's two days of races, thirteen races. Sure. Oh, yeah. really? I, I wouldn't know unless it was my cousin. Right. Sure. Me, yeah. Right. And and to be well, able to to be able to say, look, it's gonna be this many hotel room nights, this many people in town eating and drinking and shopping it's a hundred million dollar economic impact. When, when that, when they heard that number, everybody's eyes opened. And I said, because not only are we doing it in 2017, but if we do a good job and you city leaders are part of that, we can get this back in 2020 and 2023 and, and going on and on and on and continue to, to recoup these funds. So, um, it's been a great experience and I can tell you everybody from, uh, San Diego County and down to Del Mar city council specifically has been wonderful to work with. Everybody's excited. Yeah. So again, I just can't screw it up. Well, let's do it right. Yeah. I mean, well, let's talk about screw ups because <laughs> screw ups happen. And, you know, unfortunately, most people aren't around. Um, you just have to kind of deal with the press and deal with the stuff that doesn't work out. I know what you've been willing to work with certain entities and certain certain groups to change the day of opening day. Correct. Yeah. So let's talk about the difference between what. This, this year, we're going to be on a Wednesday, correct? We are. Back to a traditional Wednesday. Why is that? It had to do with the schedule that the horse racing board um, California gives us. Okay. Um, it's not like it's a strategic decision. You know, the fair closes on 4th of July, and, you know, the fair is that's why we have a fairgrounds. And sure. They're, they're always going to be open on the 4th of July, and they should be. So we need enough time between the end of the fair and our opening day to get to turn the place over. I mean, you've been to the fair. Oh, yeah. Well, we know yeah. just from experience. Watching <laughs> we were there. We were living it. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's incredible. So we need 15 days at least. I mean, we've done it in 10 or 11, but to really do it right, make sure the track is ready to go, we decided let's let's take an extra week. So they close on the 4th. We open on the 19th. We get 15 days to turn it over. And remember, that that's 2,000 horses come. The track needs to be ready. I mean, there's a big stage in the middle of that track right now. That, that also has to do with the safety of the horses, right? And the safety right. of the track. And safety is our number one concern. So um, we felt like, you know, taking a full 15 days was the right thing to do. So that's why we're back on a Wednesday. And what were the challenges on a Friday? 
Challenges on a Friday were you go from a big Friday into a big Saturday back to back. It's often nice when you open on a Wednesday to have that kind of slower Thursday right after. Sure. Everybody can chill out a little bit, get their breath. Because I'll tell you what, when, when opening day is by far the biggest day of the year, um, that's quite a shock. Well, Friday yeah. is going to be busy anyways, right? Fridays are busy because we have a concert. So you're kind of, yeah. it's better to do it on a Wednesday, get yeah. more revenue. So we go, What we have a giant Wednesday with opening day. Thursday's a little slower, maybe only 10,000 or so. And then Friday's a concert, and Saturday's going to be Chargers and Arrogant. So mm-hmm. we it's going to be a great opening. It's going to be a huge opening weekend. Yeah. That's really exciting. So what about, um, tell us more about marketing and social, because we talk about that. That's the, huge for us now. I mean, you, you just told I'm us, learning from Sean all the time. You just told me when you came in that you just watched Derek's fish video, which we talked about on a couple podcasts ago. Playing with my fish? <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is, is because Derek's been a fisherman his whole life and he's been a butcher his whole life. But, you know, the power of video now with Facebook and with Instagram and the engagement that video gets i mean once you see it my wife started talking about fish (laughs) she's like and she doesn't like fish all of a sudden she wants halibut because of you know a video that he saw and now that you've seen what are the things that you guys are trying to do on social with facebook and instagram and twitter to get more engagement so we use them all and we split it up to different target audiences you know we use it for our uh, call the hardcore racing people to show racing videos and talk about racing subjects for our concert goers and such, it's all about the music. Um, for our foodies, it's all about things like your barbecue championship or food truck day or whatever. So it's a matter of splitting our audience up and getting the right messages to the right people. But yes, we rely on social media quite a bit now. And it, it's you know obviously been a change. 15 years ago, it didn't really exist. And it was all TV and radio and print. And now we've shifted a lot of dollars a big portion of our dollars into social media and it's really paying off because you, know, you get because you get analytics <laughs> you get analytics you get you get comments right back what are they concerned about what do they like what do they not like i mean it's it's wonderful and uh, we put a lot of emphasis into that do you remember when facebook came out i i had it at college and that's the only way you can get a facebook account <laughs> is when you had a college uh, email so it was like Okay, and I still use my college uh, That's so login funny. to this day. When we opened up the restaurant, Corey, who I opened it up, one of my best friends, he had a Facebook account, and I kept giving him shit. I was giving him shit all the time. I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you on Facebook for, dude? What, like, get serious. We're trying to we're trying to run this business." Right. And then all of a sudden, it was like you can use Facebook to market your business. And then I was like, "Fuck." Okay, so then I signed up for an account, and then next thing you know, I'm diving deeper and deeper into the. It's helped our business grow. It's given awareness to people that haven't been out to Cali Comfort, and they find out about our barbecue. They find out what we're involved in. And we have that every single day. Someone comes in, they're like, "Oh yeah, we, our buddy posted uh, your your pokey on on Facebook, and you know we're always looking for a good place to have some pokey." And they come in. I see them all the time now. I'm like, I would never have had that customer unless Tracy over in somewhere else posted mm-hmm. her her lunch. And now everyone's coming in because they, you know, the pokey is such a big thing now. You know, well, the rules of marketing are changing. Every day, you yeah. got to keep up. That's why I need to continue. How to do you hire, keep up? Well, continue to hire younger people. <laughs> and, right? I'm becoming a dinosaur here. Come on, like you're said, not I'm a dinosaur. Out the, I'm out of the target demo. No, sex always <laughs> sells. Come on now. Um, so uh, let's talk about Scott Kaplan because Scott is been such a good friend to Cali Comfort and the Mighty 1090 and all that they've done to help us when we were trying to keep the Chargers in town. We started the San Diego Love Letter Challenge and Scott was more than generous to bring us on. Um, we were on their 
with Bolt Pride, and you know, we just had a great relationship with Mighty 1090, and uh, I know you guys are good friends. You can say almost good enough for your business partners. Great friends, right? Great I friends. Think, yeah. uh, there we go. Um, so Scott and I were introduced to each other about 12 years ago by a, a friend we had in common who said, I don't know why, but you two should know each other. It's like, all right. So Scott, I think, thought maybe there might be something in racing that could relate to him as a broadcaster. So <laughs> he's, he's He is always looking at a way to grow his brand, yeah. which is smart. Yeah. So I took him under my wing is not the right way to say, but I, but I showed him the ropes of horse racing Sure, and just made him dangerous enough to make comments that are sometimes <laughs> insightful and sometimes stupid. But, uh, he became a big fan of Del Mar and it was a place that he loved hanging out. And then after like, two years, he came to me and he said, okay, I get the handicapping. I get the gambling. I like it, but I want more. I want to be an owner. And I said, all right, do you have any money? He said, no, <laughs> And I said, well, that's a problem. Um, do you have any friends that have a lot of money? He goes, yes, yes. I have a ton of rich friends. And I said, all right, here's what we'll do. You go recruit them and get their money, and we will form a syndicate. And it'll be all about marketing you and Billy Ray. It'll be the great friend stable. And you guys can talk about it on the radio. Obviously, selfishly, that helps Delmar, right? Sure. No, absolutely. And I said, I will help you manage it. I will find you a trainer who will not take advantage of you. And you can be this walking, talking billboard for horse ownership. And this is our 11th year with the Great Friends Day. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. How many uh, horses? I've heard how hard it is to own horses. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard Jim Rome talk about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. to tell us a little bit about it. So we get t 20 of Scott's friends. And uh, everybody puts in a fairly small amount of money. and But together, it's a lot of money. Sure. And with that, I, our trainer is Doug O'Neill, who's won the Kentucky Derby two of the last five years, I believe. Big time. Great guy. And one of the reasons we go, we use Doug O'Neill is because he's just such a fun, outgoing, gregarious guy. A lot of trainers aren't going to shake every one of the 20 owners' hands in the paddock before a race, but Doug loves it. Doug invites people to come back to the barn and feed the carrots to the horses. Transparency. Transparency and just a fun, good guy. Well, also being appreciative of the people that are paying you. Yeah, I mean, that, absolutely. That, that's just old-fashioned business. There's that. <laughs> So um, I work with Doug to help identify and pick out horses. We generally have anywhere between six and eight horses, but it all revolves around Del Mar. Our group doesn't really care about races at Santa Anita or anywhere else. They just want to run at Del Mar. So, for instance, right now we are geared up and ready to go. We have seven horses right now. We might get one more, and we run them at Del Mar, and these people come out, and they get to go to the walking ring in the paddock before the race. When we win, we go to the winner's circle. Yeah. We have good parties. That's awesome. Scott's the face of it. He does all the talking. I'm the guy behind the scenes quietly doing all the work. There you go. I so, like that. But it's been a lot of fun. We've met a lot of great people. Um, There's and still 20 of you? It changes every year. It? Yeah, because at the end of Del Mar, I pay everyone off. Here's nice. your money back, whatever's left. And you know we've only made money twice out of 11 years. But I tell them, this is not a... This is just so fun. If you guys don't want to make money, get, in, get into years. restaurants and <laughs> horse racing. This is fun, and I can just promise you you'll be treated fairly, and I can promise you we will win a few times, and we'll have a great fun. But this is – you're not making money doing this. Right. So they understand, and tell, it's been great. Tell us about uh, the TV show. Stable Wars? Yes. So about – God, that's probably been five years now. Yeah. Um. Scott came up with an idea. This was Scott came up with an idea of let's do a reality show and let's make it about ownership, like what it means to own, own a horse. And he said, let's do our stable against kind of our rival stable, which is a guy named Billy Koch, who's a Hollywood kid, great guy, 
um, owns a, runs a stable called Little Red Feather. And he's a lot like Scott. He's outgoing and talks a lot. And, you know, <laughs> you know. But a good guy, just like Scott. And so Scott said, let's do a reality show of us versus them over seven weeks at Del Mar. So we got a local guy to fund it. And next thing you know, there's a reality show that's on, it was on Fox Sports local networks all over the country. Um, it was on here, it was on Kentucky, on Ohio, it was, all, it was all over the place. And it basically just pitched us against them, pitted us against them. And we had a little contest about who's going to win more races. And it came, it was an amazing, uh, the way it turned out, we ended up winning on the closing day by one race. And it was all the crazy behind the scenes stuff. And, uh, you know, one thing about Scott, whether he's on the radio or whether he's on TV, he doesn't mind playing the role of the douchebag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> His douche wars it, on Mighty Ten Nine are fantastic. Exactly, right? Yeah, so funny. Uh, right. And he doesn't care. He's, no. He's playing a character. He embraces it. Yeah. So it was really a funny, good show. And, and uh, it, it had two seasons. And then, like most reality shows, it just kind of went away. How often do horses run? Horses run in a race about once a month usually. Okay. They work out generally once a week, a timed workout, like a hard workout, but they go to the track and stretch their legs and you know almost every day. Okay. But yeah, well, only once a month on uh, on a race. So you're probably only going to be able to race a horse two maybe if you're lucky three times at Del Mar. So when you're when you're betting obviously when you're handicapping, what what would your advice be to rookies? When they're coming out to the track, bet a lot. <laughs> bet as much bet, a, as you bet can. a lot and bring a lot of people. <laughs> I would say, if I don't have time to sit down and teach you how to read the racing form, I would say look in the program to see who the top trainers are, and every time you see one of their names, circle that horse, and then look and see who the top jockeys are and see who they're riding. Because the way it works is this: every trainer wants the top jockey, Flavian Pratt or Rafael Bejarano, to ride their horse. So those guys have choices. They can ride any one of four or five horses, and obviously they want to ride the one that's going to win. Right. So follow the, follow the stars. See who the, where the top trainers are. See where the top jockeys are. And if you see some matchups. So match make ups, smart bets and don't parlay. And- I said not like my, my grandma. Like <laughs> silver horse, yellow okay, silks. But let me qualify that. This is Del Mar. Crazy things happen because yes. everybody wants to win at Del Mar. So maybe maybe – People don't know the whole thing. And maybe we've been saving this champion horse just for Del Mar. And on paper, he doesn't look great, but he really is something. So my advice is, if you have a hunch, play it. Yeah. Weird things happen at Del Mar. What do you think is the most memorable day that you've had at Del Mar? No, I have a good story for you. So this is 2002. Ziggy Marley is playing a Friday night concert. And <laughs> is this in the, the infield? This was He was just playing a Friday night what? back by the, the Plaza de Mexico. Okay. By the oh, really? Back when we were back there. And we had we have a pick six bet, and if nobody hits the pick six, there's a jackpot that carries over. Well, nobody hit it for three days, so the jackpot was absolutely huge. And I'm rooting for it to carry over again. Sure. So I'm rooting that nobody hits it, right? So it comes down to the last race, and it's been long shots all day. And we're thinking, oh, my God, could this carry again? I mean, everybody's they're betting millions of dollars on this. Could, could someone hit it again? There were two horses in the last race that if they won – some person Sounds out there annoying. would take the whole thing, be the only ticket. Wow. So we're rooting in my office with my whole staff <laughs> for everybody other <laughs> those than those two, two right? <laughs> so the one, it's the one and the 11. And the one is out on the lead, and, he's, and then he gets tired turning for home. And we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> out of nowhere, this 11 comes and wins on the wire and hits it. So one guy had the ticket to the pick six, and it paid one point four million. No way! So the story—it wasn't Kevin though, right? Story gets—it wasn't better. my cousin that time. Story gets better. 
So I'm like, damn it. Oh, this could have been such a good day. Oh, my God. So I said, all right, I got to go to the Ziggy, Monster, Ziggy Marley concert. Let's go. On my way, my phone rings. And it's my dad. He hit it. No, no way. way. Get out of here. Are you here. serious? Yeah. No way. Holy shit. My dad, my dad up, in, up in Petaluma went to the no Santa Rosa way. Fair. Holy and he shit. and two of his buddies put in a $128 oh. ticket. Totally luck. No idea what the hell they're doing. And they hit it. And he's all freaked out saying, is it okay that I hit it? And you work at the track? And I'm, I'm all, I just call the legal team. Yeah, all, of course it's fine. I can't fix the raises. So yeah, my dad won the pick six for a million. That four. is amazing. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, is a fantastic. Insane. I just know how hard pick sixes are to hit. Oh yeah. yeah. And the odds of something like that happening are, are crazy. That is fantastic. That's so funny. Petaluma. I've actually been up to Petaluma a few times. Have you? Yeah. There's a chicken farm up there that we get our chicken from. One chicken farm. It used to be the chicken capital of the world. My grandpa was a chicken rancher. Oh, really? Yeah, how about that. Petaluma poultry. Yeah. His grandfather would have been happy about that 1.4. He would have been. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I know, right? Dude, that, that's wild. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, I mean, Craig, we can't thank you enough uh, to come out here and spend time in Spring Valley. It speaks a lot to your character to actually give someone like me a chance, uh, not knowing who I was, just going off of Ari Siegel. I know Ari's very impressive, but at the end of the day, you know, you had to decide to work with us and give us an opportunity. And our job is to continue to build this Del Mar Barbecue State Championship and to, you know, what did I tell you when, Make it the when, when, when we met? What did you what, tell what me? Was what? The, what was the plan? What was the long-term vision for the... This is going to be the biggest barbecue festival in the... World. World. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do we want? Well, here's also, your two. Here's your two. Here's your we're, two. We're trying. We're we're and doing. It, everything's low and slow, and you know the the best thing I promised was we're going to be honest, and I think that's why we get along is because there's shit that happens along the way, and um, you know as long as we're accountable and we communicate, you know we're just so honored with the opportunity. It's a pleasure working with you guys, and I I have one final question. What's that? What's for lunch? Oh, that's that is that's a good, good question. Jeans, uh, Jean's just pulling Slaves ribs away. off the smoker. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Grab some ribs. We can go grab the ribs. So okay. at Del Mar Racing, um, that's where all their social handles are. Corey's going to have all, everything in the show notes, so you can find out more about the Breeders' Cup, buy tickets, and uh, you can also make sure you come out on opening day. I mean, we have people. We're we're so thankful with this podcast to have people listening from all over the world and. Uh, you know, if you're able to come out in the summer and you're able to come and participate in the Del Mar barbecue event, or you're able to be out here, you know, let us know, send us a message and, you know, we'll set something up because nothing makes us more excited than we are. I'm always promoting San Diego. San Diego sells itself, but, but the, the Breeders' Cup too, November 3rd and 4th. Breeders' Cup. Make, make sure it happen. There. Yeah. And then of course, and then what happens the day after the Breeders' Cup? Spring Valley. Oh, the Spring Valley Festival. Our amateur. Yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you have another event over there? I yeah. Say, that's when your third child's coming. <laughs> the day after Breeders' Cup, that's when I take a nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually, we're talking about that. We were saying the the week after Del Mar, we have, a, we have to go to L.A. Yeah. We're doing the podcast movement. Yeah, yeah pod, we're podcast doing a, movement. I'm like, that's probably when I'm going to wake up yeah. because we don't sleep during the Del Mar uh, barbecue. So uh, are you tweeting still? Or are you not tweeting anymore? I've never been a big tweeter. I'm yeah. more of a, a lurker. I a read, lurker. I, read. <laughs> I just don't, I don't have a lot to say. All right. Well, uh, either way, Del Mar Racing is, is where you're going to find them. And uh, we can't thank Craig enough. Craig, for... thanks again, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Let's, uh, let's go get some lunch. Sounds good. Sounds good.